0: The Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. I've got three gentlemen on the podcast. Guys, would you go ahead and introduce yourselves?
1: How's it going? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Sam Schmidt, Pastor Sacred City Moline.
2: Kevin Kenora, Biblical Counselor.
0: All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to answer another listener question. And this one is in regards to calling. Calling. Now, uh, what they're specifically referencing is being called into the ministry. Now, back in the day, we have a word called vocation, and that comes voca. The is a Latin word means call or calling to call. And so, people used to feel called to any vocation. You know, they would speak of being called to be a doctor or called to be a writer or called to be a veterinarian, whatever it is. <clears throat> but I, you know, I don't know how long, for how long, but it's been quite some time now where people's kind of, you know, usually only talk about being called to vocational ministry. Right. And, um, and so we got asked, what does it mean to be called? How do you know you've been called into ministry? Uh, how do you discern that call? And, uh, And they wanted to hear from each one of us and how you know what was our calling, quote unquote, calling like. And um, and so that's where we're gonna that's what we're gonna be talking about today. All right. So um, I guess I'm gonna start with Sam. I'm gonna say, Sam, what did it mean for you to you know tell us about your sense of calling or how that came about?
3: Sure. That's um, it's hard to pinpoint like one. It was not one moment in time where I'm like, you know, like where Paul gets knocked off the horse and Jesus says, hey, I'm going to have you do this. Uh, Mine was over a long period of time. I I can even go back um, to being a kid sitting in church on Sundays and I got a a cool study Bible. I've been watching my pastor preach and do that and like, you know what? I think I can do this. I think I can put together a sermon. So like as a kid, I kind of like had that. Okay that was not my calling, but there was some sort of inclination that's like, I don't know, maybe this works. And I remember my grandpa, I have one grandfather who was a pastor and another grandfather of mine at one point said to me, I could see you becoming a pastor someday. And so I don't know, those are things that when I think of that story and the calling, those things kind of come up as pieces, maybe auxiliary pieces to the calling. But I would say that Really, when I started to sense a a legitimate call into ministry, or at least, at least moving in the direction of ministry, I was in college. I think I was a sophomore in college, um, and I I had I had a pretty profound experience where I I I was a Christian as growing up in the church, um, but then this this desire to take my discipleship more seriously. Um, and get more involved with church and to study my Bible and read. I'd never read much before that, and so I just became a reader. And so I, I sense all those things that oftentimes um, come with people who are coming to faith uh, or, or going through this this sort of a, a, a boost in discipleship where I've sensed that. But um, I would say some of my desires for ministry started getting shifted where initially I was going to school for music education, um, and I... I no longer was interested in, in that career path forward, and God was doing stuff in my heart, and, and I started wondering, what would it look like? Is this something, and, and so I started thinking of the idea of uh, music ministry of some sort, being a worship leader or doing something with music and, and that end of, of ministry, um, and long story short, I graduated from college, moved down to the Quad Cities to be part of the early years of Sacred City Church, Um, And in the time of getting involved with missional community and seeing the pastoral work, a lot of of my understanding of the pastorate was the Sunday morning presentation of writing a sermon. And then getting involved with the missional community and seeing the heart work, um, the discipleship that was taking place, I I sensed that I had a skill set that could be useful in settings like that. And then at the same time, the Lord was incre- like an increasing desire in the pursuit of that. And it ended up with a conversation. Actually, Justin, you preached uh, one Sunday and said, hey, if there's any church planters or anybody out there that's interested in the ministry, come talk to me. And I think we had coffee. And and then that set me on a trajectory of some pastoral residencies, church planning residencies. And, and through that, um, through those couple of years and, and beyond, um, I sensed the Lord doing a work in my heart. I had men speaking into my life and and identifying places where I needed to grow. Um, and so I had this internal sense from the the Spirit of God. I had godly men outside of me that were that knew of my sense of calling. That were asking questions and helping and training in ways that if that was actually my calling, that I could actually step into it. Um, and then eventually we came to the point of of uh, stepping up in missional community leadership and becoming a deacon of kids ministry and then the pursuit of church planting becoming an elder and then sending out so long story short but that's that's sort of like the overall flow of how
0: yeah so there was this internal sense mm-hmm. so God what God does is God begins to change your desires um, and so he changes your desires to now this seems like something good or this seems like something that I should do and um, that God's, you know, I could see myself preaching. I could see myself pastoring. I could see myself doing this for the long haul. So you have this internal sense of call. And then that internal sense, that internal call is meant to be tested and approved of mm-hmm. by external, external body of people, whether it's, you know, usually a pastor or a group of pastors. Mm-hmm. And I remember as we can, you know, we tested your calling and we continue to give you more and more responsibility and you were doing well at it and you you know and you did a pastoral residency at first when you got through the pastoral residency we said we affirm your you, we affirm that you are called we think you are called to be a pastor yeah and then you felt felt like maybe I'm called to be a church planner and then we said well that's a totally different thing so let's let's test that calling and 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 see see what, what what's going on there mm-hmm. so you had an internal sense that was confirmed by an external you know people that you respect and you know biblically qualified elders and that's, you know, kind of, that's, that's how, how uh, you sensed your call. Um, Alex, what about you?
1: Man, where do you start, right? I mean, I just, that's kind of how I feel with uh, Sam. And, um, but in, just in the midst of, like, uh, just growing up, um, just playing sports and things like that, um, I've always, like, you know, been in a leader-type position, um, in a sense of casting vision, helping coaches with plays, different things like that. And I feel like that's like what God has continued to move throughout me through, as I gave my life to Christ mm-hmm. and uh, throughout going to your youth group. And then even on Sundays, I would walk to the nearest church that was near me. And uh, in the midst of that, I would also have like pastors calling out and saying they see something in me that a lot of times I didn't even see myself. And uh, the more I was just being consistent and... Um, just serving God, praying and, um, serving, um, in the midst of that is when, um, I start filling a pole that God has, um, put on my heart to, to lead his people and to, to preach his word and, um, even pastor, if that's what it all looked like, you know, uh, moving forward. So in the midst of that, um, at the church that I was going to, they, they asked me to start preaching and I would go around with my, with the head pastor at that time and, um he would he would shepherd me and um you know guide me and direct me
0: How and, old were you at this time
1: Man I was about I was about 18 19 Okay Yeah so in the midst of that like um my wife had a ch- uh, a home church so then I started going to that home church and then the uh head pastor did the same thing um in the midst of that and um, they continued to keep pressing me and guiding me and trying to grow me and then that's when I relinked back with you um and then in the midst of that I start coming to Sacred City Church and start getting um shepherded properly and discipled properly and in the midst of that I was I was working and um had a full-time job and the more God was changing my heart I I was looking at these kids I'm like man they they need to get in on this and of course I'm not a a pastor here at Sacred City Church yet right I'm still under the test and the 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 guidance of our our elders now and and what that looks like but at the same time I just always felt a, a call that God has um put put on my life so
0: yeah. So when you were here, so you felt a call. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Interesting. This happens a lot, actually. Sometimes the external call comes before the internal call. So other people, other pastors will see something in you that you don't see in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what <clears throat> one of the aspects of being a good leader is you can see something in somebody before they can see it in themselves. And you yeah. say, hey, man. I think God could be calling you into the ministry, or I think I think you could I think you could preach. I think you could be a strong leader in in God's house. And sometimes that's the first time that's ever came into somebody's head. They've yeah. never even thought about it, mm. and then they start thinking about it, and then the inward call comes later. Yeah. So you sense uh, sense that call, and then I remember you came to me. Mm-hmm. So you you had that's one call, like your call to ministry, let's just say or whatever. But then you had a more specific call because you were working full time and mm-hmm. you're leading an MCs. <clears throat> but then you said, you came to me and said, I feel called to start a youth ministry at sacred city. Yeah. And, um, that's when I said, okay, I, I all right, let me hear it. You told me all about it. I said, all right, fine, let's do it. Let's yeah. test that call. Mm-hmm. And by testing that call, it, some of it, it like none of us know, the secret will of God. Like I don't know, you know, if God's calling you to do that or not. Yeah. The 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 reality is if He's calling you to do it, then He has equipped you to do it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so some of that calling isn't going to be fully realized until you actually get in there and try it and see if you can do it.
1: Yeah. yeah, Right? Like
0: if you feel called to be a preacher but you you, you literally can't, you can't read or you stutter all the time mm-hmm. and you, you can't, you know, write a sermon then I would say, brother, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're not called mm-hmm. to, to write. A, you don't, you're not equipped with the gifts to do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> I mean, I don't even know how many, is that five years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So that was five years ago and, uh, you've been leading and growing and discipling and you've been, you know, becoming a better preacher, better leader, better mm-hmm. discipler since then. So yeah. I think you're, you know, it's, God has affirmed your call with your gifts and sure. also just the way, you know, things are going in the, in the youth ministry.
1: Yeah. It's good.
0: But now you feel called to, to pursue uh, eldership.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. And
0: you're being tested in that mm-hmm. right now.
2: So cool. What about you, Kevin? Yeah. <clears throat> so similar to Tate, I'm kind of pursuing two, two streams of calling. Um, I, I originally, I went to school to be a psychologist. I've always felt a call towards counseling in some regard. Um, but the farther into that program, the more dissatisfied I got um, with with the worldview of it. And so this was kind of early on in my Christian walk. And, and towards the end of that, I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, um, I'm a Christian. My understanding is I'm supposed to seek you for where I'm going. I don't I don't think secular psychology is it. So, like, whatever you want me Lord you know just just give me a direction and so that's kind of the point where that that internal call it's like oh well maybe it's pastoral ministry and at the time my my functional worldview was oh well let's make lots of money right and so I kind of I was like okay Lord what's plan B um and so I I pushed back against that for for a season and it was people outside of me pastors and and friends and just some unrelated people who were it was it was Consistently, like, hey, have you, you don't know what you want to do? Have you ever considered ministry? You know, um, and so kind of over time, through conversations, like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe this is something I'm called to. Um, and so, I made a fairly extreme swing from, well, I don't want to do that. To well, I guess if it's the call of God, and so like any proud, prideful young man, I started applying to every open ministry position I could possibly find. Um, way, way overcorrected. Um, fortunately, none of them wanted me, which I see as a, as a grace and a mercy. Um, but that landed me in a church in um, Columbia, Missouri, TJ's church, TJ Dreyer. And so he was kind of discipling me, helping me think through next steps and things like that. Um, <clears throat> and so I actually found Sacred City. I was looking for, I don't, I don't know how many folks know this, I was looking for a church for my parents um, in the quad cities, and so I went through every website and listened to a bunch of sermons and I, I landed here in a season where we were praying on next steps and so that was december january I think january one you 're like hey we 're launching this pastoral residency program I'm like oh okay, well lord, maybe this is maybe this is the thing you know um, so i I applied and we actually moved up here we were so confident of our calling back here, we actually moved up here before I knew if I was a resident, but I'm like, this is, regardless, this is, this is the kind of church that we need to be part of this kind of community and and under this kind of preaching. And so we, we moved up here and like Tate, you know, tested the call, um, of potentially towards pastoral ministry. So it wasn't actually until about, by this point I'd, I'd put off counseling because I didn't, I didn't have room in my theology for Christian counseling, just never thought about it. And so it was about halfway through the residency when I discovered biblical counseling. And it was kind of like um, the Lord had taken that desire when, when I thought that there just wasn't a godly way to do it. And so rediscovering that just kind of reignited a, a passion in my heart to pursue that. And read some books, and you gave me some books, um, instruments in the Redeemer's hands and how people change um, and those kinds of things. And the elders um, affirmed a calling towards biblical counseling. And so I, I pursued that. And then um, I'd say I had a very glamorous view of pastoral ministry until the residency. And so it was actually taking notes in the elder meetings and seeing, the I mean, right in the middle of COVID and all that and seeing the struggle. It's like, wow, do I really want to do this? And the answer was yes. You know, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. So I've, like Tate, um, <clears throat> kind of found the the, the vocational calling in biblical counseling. And now I'm, I'm in the eldership development process, kind of testing the call towards pastorship.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I always tell people, um, one way to test your call is to think, could you do anything else? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you can do anything else, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. I remember no the question beginning
3: of my pastoral residency, you gave me three books, that all had that same exact thing. It's like, you know you're called to the pastoral ministry if there are no other viable options on the table. Yeah. If if you know that you could not do those other things, then you should start exploring the pastoral residency mm-hmm. until you've ruled out every other option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, because I think there is what you're talking about, the the perception of what pastoral ministry is is a lot different um, than when you actually get into the nuts and bolts of how it works. And and I think there has to be a a tempering for that.
0: Right. I think most young people, um, and by young people, I mean like under the age of 25, you know, maybe even 29 and below, something like that should do other things first. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I think, you know, if you feel called, to schooling, you should get a, a I'm going to use the word secular, but a secular degree. You should yep. get business degree, marketing degree, <clears throat> engineering degree, whatever, something along the lines of that could be used, quote unquote, in the real world. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because ministry isn't, re, isn't a young person's game. You don't have wisdom yet. You don't mm-hmm. have life experience yet. Um, and you need to get that life experience and you need to get that wisdom really before, before you step in. And so if somebody, I would say like, don't go to Bible college right away, you know, get your, re- unless you go and get a regular degree at a Bible college or something like that. And, or general, general, general ed degree, um, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then if you, and then, and, and while you're serving, you know, while you're serving in ministry, while you're you know, asking your pastor, is there anything I can do? Can I be an intern? Can I help serve in, in different areas of the church? And you, you learn how to show up on time. You learn how to do a good job. You learn how to go above and beyond. You learn how to talk with people and deal with people. And you're in a missional community where you're learning how the real world works and also how broken it is. <clears throat> because many people, I mean, many guys get called, they feel like they're called to ministry because for, for fleshly reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, they like Oh man, I want to sit around and read books all day. That that sounds like amazing. I want mm. to smoke cigars or, you know, and and read theology books all day. Or, or I want to be up on stage. I think mm. I think I. You know what God made me to be up on stage. You know? <laughs> oh, or I I want to lead people because I want you know I want to be famous one day or I mm. want to grow a big church or. There's just a lot of fleshly reasons in young men. I mean, it can be in anybody, but specifically in young men, that the stage can be the most dangerous place for a person, mm. for a young person, because it can build, you know, it can, they're, if they're especially if they're gifted, because character takes a long time to develop. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times your gifts can outpace your character. And so your gifts can take you to a place that your character isn't ready for and your character can't sustain you there. And so young people can get, you know, um, deep into pride and ego and all kinds of sinful proclivities. And then basically the devil, because they don't have the character to keep them there, the devil takes them out early on and that might disqualify them for the rest of their life yep. from ministry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it should not be something that's jumped into quickly. Um, you know, but it, it you know, it, it's, uh, or again, if you could do anything else, mm-hmm. do that. But,
1: I think it just kind of blows my mind that you say all those things because until I got into ministry, I never knew of that. There's so many people that are trying to get in just for those selfish reasons. It's, you. It's a lot of guys. Like I mean, when you look at it, when you've seen it done right, it's like, wow. That's that's something that I know I need to be. Um, prepared for, or literally God has to be holding my hand every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Because if God's not there, I don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's too hard. It's it's too stressful. Like, if God's not with me, like, that's not a place I want to be.
0: The other thing I would say, if you're not, you know, prone to study and you're thinking about the school route, go into a trade. Mm -hmm. Like, go into a trade, man. Be a a carpenter. Be an HVAC guy. Be a flooring contractor. Be... Like learn a tra a real world sc- skill mm-hmm. um, before going into ministry because that thing I mean ministry is not a high paying job and having a skill will always bless you bless your family you can always make some extra money on the side if you need to plus it learn again it teaches you how the real world works how to how to do a good job how to become a master at something. How to deal with people, mm. how to deal with difficult people, mm. how to fix problems, how to fix your own mistakes, um, and that those are all just you know invaluable lessons mm. that you learn from from the world. Yeah. And so, I would encourage you know guys that are pursuing ministry, go into the trades, go into the trades, mm. do the trades while you're going to school. Take school, you know, if you're going to seminary, be in a trade, take school on the side. Uh, You could do it even online. But those are, I think there's just too many. Well, one, I've had several um, membership interviews. We've had like over 30 people becoming members at our church. And three different members have came to us. They came to us during COVID. Their churches stopped meeting for a while and then they started searching and they found us. Mm -hmm. And all three of them came from churches that they had basically been at their whole life, but their most recent pastors that got pushed in were gay. Mm. Homosexual, you know, a lesbian that was with a wife, a homosexual man with with a husband, and the other one that was an openly homosexual um, music minister at their churches. And again, to become a pastor and you don't even know the Word of God, or you don't even know what the Word of God teaches about homosexuality, like you were unfit yeah. for the office. Like, mm-hmm. sure. But why would people want to do that? Because in one sense, from that perspective, it's an easy job. Those, those people who don't do real ministry, they just prepare a little talk on Sunday. They go visit some people during the week. They're just the nice, you know, the quote-unquote nice person that walks around and says nice things all the time. They don't mm. actually rightly divide the word of truth, preach the gospel, Mm -hmm. practice church discipline. Like they don't, they don't, they're not real pastors.
1: They go for everything and stand for nothing.
0: Yeah. So there's, there's a reason there's, there's a, there is like this sense of, Hey, I I don't really want to swing a hammer and I'm not really good at math. So what? Oh, you know what? Basically it's like a glorified social worker. Oh, I'll, I'll be a pastor at some mainline church. And so that's why lots of people get into it. And that, and that's, you know, that's why most churches are failing because they're not led by gospel preaching men with the with a spine and a backbone, mm. right? So, yeah. if you can do anything else, do that.
1: So you, we didn't get to yours. So yeah, I mean, how did you how did you fall into to ministry? How did how did God call you into it? What did, it look like? what did well, that look like for you?
0: When I was born, the heavens opened, and angelic choirs began singing.
1: Goodness gracious! And
0: they said, "Justin." No, they did not. I know that happened. Uh you too, huh? Yeah. More like the devil was on my shoulder the whole time. Uh, no, so I had had a couple experiences, you know, youth pastors telling me God might be calling you into ministry at some time when I was a little kid. Um, I think I, I don't think my mom ever told me anything until after I felt called. She said, I knew from the very beginning that God had called you into ministry, you know, or something like that. I knew when you, you were in my womb that God had called you into ministry. Um <clears throat> uh I've I've got some my uncle was a preacher. Uh, I have both I've two uncles, one on my dad's side, one on my mom's side, we're both preachers. Um ministry was kind of in our family line, I guess. <clears throat> but it wasn't until uh God kind of radically saved me when I was seventeen. And uh I I God had made me into a first off, I was a disagreeable person. Okay. And by that, I mean, like I had to be like, I had my own opinions. I wasn't, I wasn't a go with the flow type of guy. I would be like, prove it to me. You know, like even if a coach, even if a coach said something, I'd be like, prove it to me. You know, like I was a disagreeable person. And, and that's important. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to get, cause I, I think actually being a godly pastor, you have to be disagreeable you have to yeah. be a disagreeable person let me get to that in a sense um so i didn't go with the flow i challenged people if people were slacking off in practice i would be like i'm, a, I'm gonna beat all you guys like i'm gonna be the I, I, I'm, I'm gonna outwork all you guys i didn't care about fitting in yeah as much as most people do leaders I,
1: never do <laughs>
0: yeah real ones <laughs> so so anyways i become a leader like on the wrestling team i become a leader and and um and was kind of separating myself from some of my peers. And then God saved me. And I just kind of started doing that at church. Or I started doing that, like inviting the guys in my wrestling team to church, inviting the guys on my football team to church, inviting my best friends to church. And I just kind of, I was being a leader. And then my youth pastor at the time, he just acknowledged what he saw. He just said, dude, you're bringing all these people. I was at Augustana at that time. Uh, You're bringing all these people from Augustana. You know, what's, I I think God might be calling you into ministry. And then went away to like a camp one time or or some kind of breakaway type of experience. And it just felt, you know, it was probably one of those sermons about some people in here are called. And just felt like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm called to ministry. Mm. And at the same time, like I was wrestling for Augustana. And again, wrestling was kind of my God. And then I lost all interest. I literally lost all interest in wrestling for for a season. And uh, God gave me a desire for his word and to to uh, lead people to Christ. And so I just was devouring the Bible, devouring the word of God. I was at Augustana for business administration. And um, then my youth pastor asked me to preach. And so, you know, I preached my first sermon and loved it and, you know, uh, yeah and then just felt called into ministry right and then eventually uh, i'm trying to go through here but eventually one of the pastors invited me into like a church based theological training thing it was supposed to be 2 years i finished it in 6 months i just consumed the material and wrote the papers and just busted it out i became like an intern actually they brought me on as a director of operations well my, my youth pastor got fired, and then I stepped in and did everything he was doing except for preaching. The senior pastor started preaching, but I was doing all the creative stuff. I was doing the announcements. I was doing all the, you know, I became like the face of the youth ministry, and I wanted the job. I wanted the job. I felt like it had been a couple years. I'd only been saved for a couple years, but I felt like, man, I'm a leader. I'm doing this, and the pastor was like, no, you know, you're, you're too young. You can't do it, and they give it to another guy. This guy comes in, and then he asks me. So, I, well, let me let me back up. My sophomore year at Augustana, I was like, I'm spending way too much money at Augustana to get this business administration degree, and I have built homes. I, I was I was doing that on my summers. I was doing construction stuff on the summers. I've built homes before. I think I'm just gonna quit, and I'm gonna go um, do construction. And talked to a few people, and they said, yeah, man, do it. So I did it. So I started my own business, started doing construction. And um, about this, you know, six months later, this pastor says, hey, was it that long? Man, I, I, I think so. Yeah, come be the director of operations at, at our youth ministry. And I said, okay. I came went and be director of operations, youth ministry. Loved it. Then I became the junior high youth pastor. Loved it. Finally started preaching, preaching more. And people started coming up and saying, "I've never understood the text like that. Uh, you made the Bible come alive." and they were just kind of affirming some gifts that they saw in me um, and th- and then I just knew, like at that moment, I knew like God's called me to do this, yeah. right this is something I want to do the rest of my life. and I was doing construction and ministry like pretty much at the same time um, and then you know again i am that i have that disagreeable i'm a disagreeable man in other words if somebody's doing something wrong i'm going to say you're doing it wrong i'm going to say like what's going on why aren't we lining up with the word of god mm. you know and so i i was challenging my pastors <clears throat> i'd started a bus ministry and all kind of stuff and bringing all these people in and they didn't like the homeless people coming in. They didn't like the poor people from Springbrook courts coming into the church. And, you know, he told me one time, what am I supposed to tell, you know, a, a dear executive who has to sit next to this homeless guy. And I said something like, you tell him the gospel that Jesus came for, you know, the, the sick and the lost and the broken. And he didn't like that smart aleck, even though it was true. He didn't like that smart aleck. And then basically, so I get fired. Not too much long after that, I get fired. And, um, And then I get another call like the next week. I decide I'm starting a business. Call up a guy I used to work for. He said, yep, we're building homes right now. I'll let you start your own crew and you can build a house right next to mine. I said, all right. And I was out of that poverty mentality because I'm getting paid like three times as much to build homes as I am for the church. So I started building homes again. And at that time, I thought maybe I'm done with ministry because I'd been pretty wounded and pretty hurt by by getting fired because I felt like I was I didn't care what my in this sense I didn't care what man thought I cared what God thought Mm. and they were wrong and I'm standing on the truth and so I just thought well screw it and I hey listen I was immature and I didn't do things correctly and everything but on principle principle, I was right on principle biblically Uh, though I could have handled it a lot better and you know showed greater respect for my elders so started my business again, and then my uncle from across town, he hears this. He's he's already planted a church. He calls me and says, come be my youth pastor. And uh, I said, no way. And then he said, I'll, g- I'll give you 80 bucks a week to just come preach. Don't even be my youth pastor, just come preach. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. Because... Hold At on, this, you're
1: making big money, and then you settle for $80. Yeah,
0: well, but it, no, it, so it's, it, it wasn't about the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about preaching. Like, yeah, yeah. I came alive when I preached, you know, like, and I felt God's, fa- you know, in Chariots of Fire, he says, when, when he runs, he feels God's favor or something mm. like that. Um, that's what I felt when I preached, you mm. know, I felt God used me, and, and people affirmed that, and so I thought, yeah, I'll build homes and just preach. Oh, well, this is the best of both worlds. All mm-hmm. right. And so I did that. And then again, like you guys tested that calling and then it, God just doubled our youth ministry every single year until after like seven years, we had over 300 teenagers on a weekly, weekly basis. and, um, and then that's when I, you know, started feeling called to, to plant a church. Right. So along the way, my calling was affirmed by a lot of people. Um, but it was also affirmed by fruit. And that's yep. the other thing. It, it's affirmed by fruit. And then to be a church planter, I went, got assessed with X nine and they're testing all those things as well. And then I went out to Omaha and then they tested my calling and they tested my character and my competency and, 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 all of these things. And then they affirmed it. And then they sent me back here to Davenport to plant sacred. And that's
1: church. a good point that you said, um, because we all gave glimpses. You gave like your whole little summary of story of your life. But like when you said like fruit, right? I mean, because a lot of people could be listening to this and be like, "Well, I just got to be a grinder. Like, like if I'm not if I'm not having all this, you know, all these people coming in and you know all this this stuff happening, or maybe I don't, I haven't had that one person like affirm me yet. Like, what are some fruits that they could be looking for that if this is what God truly called them to do?
0: So. <clears throat> people that that want to be around you because you add spiritual value to their life. In yeah. other words, you are a disciple maker. Mm-hmm. Okay? And now listen, there especially in today's world, just being a preacher isn't isn't good enough. Yeah. You know, like it's the calling is to make disciples. And so I know like if something terrible happened and this church was gone, I would still be a disciple maker. It's just mm-hmm. what I do. I gather people. I lead people wherever I go. Yeah. And so I would start something in my own house. You know what I mean? Or I would, I'd be leading people at jujitsu to Christ and I'd be leading people at workplace to Christ. And then I'd have to join another church or something like that. But it's about bearing fruit where you're planted right now.
1: And it's, the fruit is the disciples. The
0: fruit is the disciples, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously it's knowing God, it's understanding scripture, but then it's putting it into practice. Yeah. Which is why I, I, I lean towards don't get a Bible degree right away yeah. because you need to learn r- the real world first.
1: Yeah, and, for sure. And
0: just getting a Bible degree, some of the most useless people I know are people with Bible degree and seminary degrees. <laughs> Amen.
1: Hold on a second, boy. Yeah. percent I don't think you're wrong there. 100%. They're just, they're just, they're just, Break that down.
0: So they go and learn a lot about the Bible, yeah. okay? But they don't know anything about the real world. They don't have relational skills. They can't relate to a blue-collar guy. They can't relate to people that have a 9-to-5 job. They don't, know, they don't know how to love a woman. They're just Bible nerds that... Are super awkward to be around, mm-hmm. and they're just never going to be yeah. effective, yeah. and and so they've got to learn how to be a human mm-hmm. in one sense yeah. first.
3: They, it's mm-hmm. easy to become a know it all and and not ever become a practitioner, and I mm-hmm. think that's a lot of. It's like it's not a a, a slide against um, inst- Christian institutions that are going to equip pastors and train them. Um, it's about understanding that I need to gain knowledge and deploy that knowledge in a way that's going to build up the church. And a lot of times the knowledge is gained but never deployed. Yeah. And, and I think that's when you get to the stagnation of people who have a, a Bible degree sitting on their shelf, mm-hmm. but it's not really in practice, where they become critical. I think that, that's yeah. another tendency that happens where you get those and they just become the biggest critics in the church rather than the greatest help.
1: So what you're saying is if you're doing it right, you should be bringing people with up from your church bringing people through that are preachers and teachers and going to plant churches through your church. If it's, if it's being done correctly.
0: Yeah. We want to be raising up men to pursue uh, pastoral ministry. Yeah, We want to ra- be raising up men to, to have an internal call and then to have that affirmed externally and pursue ministry. And I think the best way to do that is for young men to grow up into the church, pursue a real world career And, you know, either get that degree or get that apprenticeship or do that thing for a few years, do, uh, you know, be sitting under gospel centered, exegetical preaching, learning from the pastor, learning, doing real world ministry in missional communities and, you know, Mm -hmm. and serving in different areas of the church, learning how to be helpful, learning how to talk to people about real world things. You know, Mm -hmm. so I think it's that's why I said, you know, the gen ed degree would be beneficial because you're learning a little bit about economics yeah. learning a little bit about psychology, a little bit about world history, a little bit about, you know, all these different things. So when you sit down with a guy at a cigar shop or you sit down with a guy while you're getting your oil changed, you actually have something that you can talk to him about. You're yeah. knowledgeable on more than just what the scriptures say because here's the, the real world is very few people come and talk and ask you about the Bible, mm-hmm. yeah. right? They, they just do now, now occasionally do but very very rarely so
2: so yeah. you're saying that the only way to make disciples is in community and on mission mm. there it is that's simple right mm-hmm.
0: yeah and, and look we I mean Jesus got the majority of his disciples
2: mm-hmm.
0: he got them out of the trades yeah. he got them out of doing something else he, mm-hmm. he didn't get them out of the temple you know um, so I, I just think it's I don't know why it's that way but um, I, I do not, unless a kid is like, feels called to go into something like seminary, be a professor or something like that, mm-hmm. I would not recommend a kid to go, you know, Bible college, seminary, PhD, like r- straight through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want him to be more involved in, in practical hands-on mm-hmm. ministry. And the reality is, man, we, we need to do a better job of raising up these men to, Mm -hmm. to, to pursue ministry because, you know, our mission is to make disciples plant churches and renew renew the city. And we can't do that unless men are sensing a call from God Mm -hmm. to step into ministry and they're willing to take big risks and go plant a church. And that's one thing too. Taking over a pastorate is different than planting a church and, and specifically for a church planter, I think the business degree or the business experience, maybe the entre if you're like an entrepreneur, that is vital for church planting because church planting is so much different than pastoral ministry. Pastoral ministry is like you're you're just preaching, you're discipling people. Um
1: the stage is already set for you. You're just going in to fill it.
0: You're going in to fill it mm-hmm. and it's you're just keeping the hopefully you're growing it, but you're just keeping the bus going down the road. Planting a church is building the bus Yeah. before you get the bus rolling. And you got to know, you know, how to do the finances. You got to know how to register it with the state. You got to know how to do HR. You got to know how to hire people, how to fire people, how to set salaries, how to create all kinds of systems and structures. And it's a lot more complex and a lot more difficult. It's mu- It's very much like, you know, being an entrepreneur.
1: So what do you say to the person that they they feel like they're being called, but they're like, man, I, I seen, I heard Tate preach. I heard Justin preach and Sam preach and like the way these guys do ministry and the way, um, you know, Kevin does counseling. Like, I I just don't feel like I can step into some of those things because, you know, they're talking to their buddies about this. How do we encourage those people?
0: Yeah. I would say the first thing you should do is talk to your pastor about it. Just let them know, Hey, I'm, I'm sensing this. I'm, mm-hmm. This is a potential, and let that pastor speak into it yeah. uh, right away. Secondly, you don't need to compare yourself to anybody. Now, there's pastors have all type or types of different personalities. There's different ways to be pastors. So you mm-hmm. can be a lay elder. If you're a lay elder, you're a pastor, right? You. So you, maybe you're maybe you're a lay elder. Maybe you're a counseling you know a counseling pastor. Maybe you're going to be. Preaching pastor, maybe you're going to be a lead pastor, maybe you're mm-hmm. going to be a church planning pastor. I, there's just lots of different avenues, so you can't yeah. really compare yourself. The other thing is, um, never compare yourself like to me now or to us now because you didn't, you haven't heard my sermons from mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Lord have mercy, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Everybody um, has a starting point, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and it takes, we they say it takes 10,000 hours to get become an expert at something, yeah, and so your first hundred sermons, Tim Keller said, are going to be awful. Mm-hmm. And their only way to do, to get better is by to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Just like when you learn to throw a, bas- a baseball, we learn to sw- swing a baseball bat. You, we you, you learn to wrestle, catch a football. You know, it took a long time for you to get efficient and fluent at those activities. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a long time to get good at ministry as well, because yeah. it is a learned, some of it is a learned skill, communication, rhetoric, um counseling, listening, mm-hmm. writing, mm-hmm. these things are learned skills mm-hmm. that are gonna take time yeah. to develop.
3: And I would say to to the person that's feeling a call but knowing that, hey, I've got a ways to go. So it's one thing to have a calling. There's another aspect that's been mentioned already about the competency of developing the skill set. So you need to have patience. Um, And not just patience, but actually to to exert effort, to move in the right direction, to gain competency, to gain skills, whether it be a biblical understanding, what it looks like to sit in a room with somebody who's grieving uh, over a lost spouse or um, navigating a heart, maybe like an addiction or something, to sit there to gain those skills. You can gain a lot of that from missional community. And so I would say, uh, in the waiting, engage in the places where stuff's already going on. Be a really good missional community participant Mm -hmm. right? or member. Uh, and, and place yourself there. The other piece of the calling is, is the character aspect, and character doesn't come overnight. It's through trials. It's through going through difficult seasons where the Lord grows our, our character, and, and attached to the calling, uh, specifically to, the, to vocational ministry or, or pastoral ministry, is uh, qualifications. There's character qualifications that have to be in place in order for your calling to become, uh, to be materialized. So lean into the season that you're in right now um, you can look forward and, and be in pursuit of something down the road, but don't miss out on the opportunities where the Lord's growing your character, yep. you're developing competency, and, and ask the Lord to give you those things in, in the waiting. That's good. Yeah. That's
0: good. Yep. And like, like Sam's saying, bear fruit where you're planted. Mm-hmm. Grow where mm-hmm. you're planted. Mm-hmm. Where you're at right now, become the best missional community leader you can be, become the best youth leader you can be, become the best servant you can be, And if you feel like maybe God's calling you to ministry, you should be serving everywhere you can. So my church, when I got, when I came to faith, they had like, well, eventually we we grew to have three services. We had a Saturday night, we had two Sunday morning. I went to every single service. Mm -hmm. I served in security on the Saturday night service. Um, I was greeters, you know, on Sunday morning service. Mm -hmm. I was bringing people to the second service I was at every single, I would listen to the preacher three times, Mm -hmm. preach the same message. And I was like studying everything he did. Why did he say that? Why did, and then I'd be like, I hate that. I hate when he does that. I will never do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and I, and then I was also, I was the weirdo that was like listening to sermons all week long. Mm -hmm. Like I, I found my quote unquote favorite preachers and I would listen to sermons all week long and I would memorize kind of.
1: Their, what, cadences, their cadences yeah. and
0: how they said things and different phrases and all these all mm-hmm. these different things. So my first sermons were a whole lot of mimicking. Mm-hmm. Like it was basically, uh, I'm gonna. This guy's kind of got my personality, so I'm gonna say it like him, and I'm gonna do it because I didn't have the I didn't have the depth of knowledge, I didn't have the yeah. wisdom, and I didn't want to preach crap, right?
1: You didn't have your voice either, right? Yeah, and I, mean, I, didn't, I
0: you not have I didn't have my voice. So I'm more like mimicking these guys. And then somebody would give me feedback and say, hey, you know, that felt like this or that sounded like this or I didn't like that part. I like this part, you know, and I would, I would learn. OK, OK. Oh, yeah, I see. I made a mistake there. I see. I made a mistake there. Um, and again, you just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing mm-hmm. it, keep doing it. And then you eventually will find your find your stride.
1: And I think that's good that you say that because when we were talking before, you said that uh, you didn't want someone to, like, you know, um, compare themselves to another preacher or to someone else. And sometimes that's hard to, to not do when that person's the person that's testing you. Right. Yeah. And I think what is very important that you said, like, hey, it may look like that for a season, but like you'll slowly find your voice. You'll slowly find the way that you um, have a regular rhythm of you. Preaching, or you know, discipling someone, or counseling, and different things like that yeah. as well.
0: So let me get back to what I said earlier. Why dis being having a disagreeable disposition is necessary to be a pastor. First off, I want to acknowledge that only men can be pastors. Okay, mm-hmm. only men can be pastors. Mm-hmm. Men on like uh, this is like scientifically verified. Jordan Peterson has a personality test. And one of the, the markers of personality is disagreeableness. And dis, like men are way more disagreeable than women are, okay? Just by and large. Dis, being disagreeable, another way of thinking of it is like this. It's not being mean or anything like that. How much do you desire to please people? Mm. Jesus says, they didn't notice me. They didn't recognize me because they love the glory that comes from man Mm -hmm. more than the glory that comes from God Mm -hmm. to be right with God. will more often than not make you wrong with people,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you will be opposed to them and they will think you're opposed to them because you're saying, thus saith the Lord, you're not doing what God says, Mm -hmm. what you're, What you're about to do is not God's will. You're telling me it is, but it's not because it's right here in the text. Mm. So a preacher, a godly man, has to have a sense of disagreeableness to him. Right? I'm not saying he's not kind. I'm not saying he's not gentle. I'm not saying he's got to have a divine disagreeable that I'm going to be right with God and that's often going to put me at odds with man. This is why Jesus said, They will hate you. They will throw you out of temples. They will bring you before rulers, right? They did it to me. They're going to do it to you. And too often men and now women, even though it's wrong, out of a sense of agreeableness, out of a sense of the desire to please people, they go into ministry to get personal accolades, to gain a lot of friends, to have a little prestige, Mm -hmm. to have a little group of people that, that follows them and they do ministry basically out of trying to seek the glory of man. Mm. Yeah. This is why they can't come out and say, thus saith the Lord, you know, God hates divorce, God hates homosexuality, God hates whatever. They, they, can't, they can't come out and say that because they're too worried about offending people. That's yes, Right? And it's because they have a, a sense of agreeableness that's innate in them that keeps them from doing gospel real gospel ministry mm. so
1: that's good
0: maybe that's my book i need to write a book on the disagreeable pastor <laughs> coming soon so all right any other thoughts from you guys that's good, that's good. all right so there you go guys some time on um the calling sense of calling and if you're listening to this podcast and you think man maybe i'm called reach out to me, myself reach out to sam reach out to a pastor and have that meeting with them, because we would love, man. We want more men in the trenches with us, Amen. Uh, building gospel-centered churches. So that's what we want. So, hey guys, if you got any questions, email me Justin Dean at sacredcitychurch.com or Sam at sacred Sam at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless.